Cyberwork and InfoSec would like to introduce you to our new Cybersecurity Beginner Immersive Boot Camps. They're designed to help you gain and enhance your expertise in the cybersecurity field. Join our live interactive virtual classes led by InfoSec's highly skilled instructors who will guide you through the material and provide real-time support. And as part of InfoSec's Immersive's training, each student will have access to career coaching aimed at helping them start or switch to the cybersecurity field. You heard that right. We aren't here to just teach you the concept of what a security professional does. We want to prepare you to enter the job market with a competitive edge in six months' time. Now, I've told you about InfoSec certification boot camps, and if you're trying to hit your next career target and need a certification to do it, that's still your best bet. But if you're an entry-level cybersecurity professional or want to be, or you're switching your career and want to experience a career transformation, InfoSec's immersive boot camps are designed to make you job ready in six months. To learn more, go to infosecinstitute.com slash cyberwork, all one word, C-Y-B-E-R-W-R-K, and learn more about this exciting new way to immerse yourself in learning with InfoSec. And now, let's begin the show. In today's Cyberwork Hack, Paul Giorgi of XM Cyber, a man who told me that his favorite way to learn new skills is to break things and then put them back together, walked me through the basics of setting up your own cybersecurity practice lab at home for not too much money. But watch out, because he said once you start, your excitement about hands-on practice and buying old servers on eBay can get overwhelming. And if that's not a cyberwork hack, I don't know what is. Hello and welcome to Cyberwork Hacks, a new series of short videos from InfoSec. The purpose is to give you quick, clear, and actionable answers to the questions that you have about learning cybersecurity. Uh, so today's guest is Paul Giorgi of XM Cyber. We recently had him on our uh, main cyberwork feed and had a very good conversation about some of the more unusual attack vectors of 2022. Uh, and we got to talking about setting up uh, a home lab so that you can practice, uh, you know, cybersecurity concepts in your own time and so forth. And so I thought I'd uh, keep Paul on for a, a few more minutes here and we can sort of walk through some of the particulars of this uh, because he was just so passionate and excited about it. So uh, welcome back, Paul. Thanks for thanks yeah. for joining us here. Yeah, no problem, Chris. Um, so, Paul, uh, what are some of the, the main tasks that you, you can do to practice with a sort of cybersecurity lab at home? Like what what how does that help you sort of move beyond reading the books or just watching YouTube videos? Like what are what are the sort of like nuts and bolts things that you can do with with a home lab? Yeah, I I feel especially in the sales engineering world, um, mm -hmm. there is a change in your voice when I could tell somebody's talking authoritatively on a subject. Um, mm -hmm. So if I read a book or I watch a YouTube video about somebody else doing something, there's one way I'm going to talk about it. I'll say they and I'll say like you can. But when I have done it, I speak differently and I could say more confidently like this is what you'll see and this is how it's done yes. more than I would say if I, I didn't do that. So I think fundamentally, if you are trying to solve a problem of which you have not seen yourself or even understand like the fundamental components of, you're going to have a really hard time resonating with the, the appropriate person. Like think about mm -hmm. Active Directory, for example. If you have never set up Active Directory or maintain an Active Directory environment by yourself or in your home lab, you're probably not going to really understand the struggles that the, the typical uh, identity guy or Active Directory uh, admin or engineer architect has to go through. So what, uh, I mean, just 
from scratch, set up a server. Uh, it doesn't need to be a really high powered server. You can find something cheap. I loved mm -hmm. running things in VMs um, because I'm notorious for doing things the exact wrong way. And so I create little snapshots <laughs> along the way. It's kind of like playing a video game. When you do, when you make a little bit of an accomplishment, save the progress and make a little yeah. bit more accomplishment, save the progress. That way, when you realize at the end where you're like, I screwed up, not just the last step, but I screwed up 10 steps ago, I can then revert back to it. So yes. I guess going back to the main point is having a good hands-on experience and being familiar with what people are dealing with from a hands-on perspective is going to set you apart than anybody with book knowledge or whatever training yeah. session they've gone through. So however you can do that, get that done. There's so much free solutions out there. I mean, I think of everything from um, the hackable components where, Hey, I want to mm -hmm. find a hackable system that allows me to hack something, or there's so many scripts that I can leverage to uh, within VMware and power CLI, I could press a button. And then within 15 minutes, I can have a huge domain environment for me to play with. And I can yeah. break things and try to hack things and compromise things. And um, I went through my OSCP certification a few years ago. And one of my favorite things about it is during the OSCP certification is you have access to this lab. And it most of the time, all the labs that I had played with, I had set them up. So I, I didn't know really how, um, or I wasn't aware how they were configured. So it took a little bit of time kind of breaking them, but you still had the ability to revert the snapshot. So as soon as you yeah. make things and something, I could still go, oh, whoops, I broke it. Let's go ahead and revert it. So I, I love just having that ability. Yeah, and that also gives you the sort of blank check to make really big swings when you're trying to solve something because you know that, you know, you're not just that that's not the end of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and having a lab is a great resource just to fall back on for reference. I mean, I can't tell yeah. you how many times I'm in at the conversation with a customer. I mean, talk, we were just talking about dumping credentials out of LSAS. I was just talking with a customer who didn't think that was possible. And I was like, Hang on, give me a minute. On the same Zoom session, I jumped over my home lab. I'm like, let's just do this. All right, we're going to interactively log in. Now there's a credential sitting in the cache in LSAS. Now let me just grab a tool. I just used, uh, I think I used Mimikatz for that one. I just used Mimikatz, ran it, and then, hey, look at the clear text password just sitting right there. It didn't I didn't have to break it. I didn't have to sniff it. I didn't have to do any sort of like weird stuff that he thought was necessary for it. It's just if that password sitting in credential and having that sitting there as a lab, really allowed me to kind of differentiate myself, not only like, Hey, this guy knows what he's talking about, but wow, that was great. Thank you for showing that to me. And then from that point on, I was, I had a different level of interaction with that customer because like, um, okay, not only do I need to trust what he's saying to me now, but he has that hands-on familiarity with doing things like that, that maybe I don't necessarily have. Okay. So, um, is this something that you, you could create at home? Uh, so like, I'm trying to think like, if, if we're talking like a team that maybe has a confined living space or lives with their parents, is this something that you could do on the kitchen table? Or is this, uh, something that really needs like its own space? What, what are the space and resource, uh, requirements to setting up something like this? Yeah. So it doesn't take much. Um, uh, there's a few different ways you do it. I mean, we have so many more options now than we did 20 years ago. Um, right. Let's say that you um, just want a server. Um, like I, I used to use OVH all the time. The, they do dedicated server hosting. I would pay, I think it was like $50 a month and I would have a dedicated server with a gig internet connection that I had full um, KVM access to. And I would load up VMware on it and I would have my own hypervisor. And I could remote it, uh, uh, remote it, 
remote into it uh, externally. So you don't need to have a lot or even like even space to store it. You have all of these cloud options that we really didn't have 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. look at that. Um, Azure and GCP and AWS often will have free credits for a certain period of time or their free tiers. So if you want to use $300 worth of just playing within GCP, sign up for Google and they'll give you several hundred dollars worth of just getting familiar. They have the side benefit of now you having familiarity with GCP and potentially liking it so much that you keep it in there, but you have a $300 coupon. So if you want to play around with something for a little bit, spin up some VMs and use the, take advantage of those opportunities. Um, I've gone through all of those, but I still like my hands-on stuff. I still feel like uh, for me to do what I would want to do in lab environments, like our host in the cloud, it would just be too cost prohibitive. So Mm -hmm. in my basement, I've got a bunch of different servers that uh, I just buy off of eBay. Uh, I started with like Intel NUX, um, really cheap, small, low low power. Um, and from there, it just expanded. Now I've got a whole bunch of Dell R730s running vSAN and I've got NASs and SANs. And so just be careful because uh, it, it is something that gets addictive when you start playing around with it. But <laughs> start small, take advantage of free yep. opportunities. Um, tr- look on eBay and Craigslist for a cheap, uh, low power server like an Intel NUC um, that you can get for maybe 100, 200 bucks. The biggest thing to keep uh, uh, that you're going to run into is uh, disk IO and memory. Um, once you start getting 10 VM spun up on a single server. Uh, even if you only give four gigs of memory per each one of those, that's 40 gigs of, uh, uh, that, that's, that's a lot of memory that you're getting into a lot of disk IO that you're going to require. So, um, try to get as much memory and as much disk IO as you can on whatever it is. Cause if you get just some single solid state disk, you're only going to get a couple of uh, VMs running on that at the same time. And if you get a machine that only has maybe 16 or 32 gigs of memory, you're only going to run one or two VMs. And that's probably not as beneficial as something with right. a 128. Well, good. Next question was, was the specific sort of uh, numbers from a, from a, a money standpoint, what, what would be a bare yeah. bones essential pieces of hardware and software you would need to get set up on a, a lab like this? Is this something that you could build for the price of a pizza or more of a used car or somewhere in between? <laughs> I So if I were starting from scratch, like I've, I'm just jumping into cybersecurity, I would literally just buy an Intel NUC, um, max it out. I think the Intel NUCs, you can get one with 64 gigs of memory okay. um, and you could put a couple of SSD drives in it. Um, I have the little square ones with the i7 um, processor in it. And then I also had the, the Intel Skull Canyon, I think is what they call it, which is like more of the gamer one. Um, uh, the only reason why I went with that has had the faster processor, but for between like three to $400, you can get one of these little boxes and they're quiet. They don't consume a lot of memory, super easy to set up. Um, they're really common. So you'll see walkthrough guides of people doing even really complex stuff with, uh, hypervisors and virtualization on them. Um, so if you want to even get into something like vSAN, figure out how to do nested hypervisors on a single Intel NUC. And then you could do like mocking up vSAN where you have a three node vSAN cluster, but it's still just running off of a single Intel NUC. So there's a lot of fun stuff that you can do with just uh, a little device that shouldn't cost you any more than $400. Um, from there, like it, like I said, it's a slippery slope. You'll probably buy at least one more Intel NUC and then yep. eventually probably buy a server or two. But from a starting point, I don't think it is a cost of a pizza or even necessarily used car, somewhere in between. 
Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, so without showing a physical walkthrough here, what are the basic steps to get all of this hardware and software connected and running smoothly? And once you've got, you know, your, your security lab at home set up, can you suggest like a first project that you could use to get your hands dirty? Yeah. So um, when you're starting from setup, let's just go to the example of the Intel NUC. You've just got one Intel NUC. Load up whatever your favorite hypervisor is. If you don't, mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with any of them, um, Proxmox is really easy. Um, it's open source and free, so you don't have to worry about licensing stuff. Um, I I prefer VMware, uh, vSphere, or ESXi. Uh, my only concern is the whole Broadcom thing. What's going to happen with VMware? So I mean, that's mm -hmm. a whole other conversation. But at yeah. least from my standpoint, I've, I've really been focusing on VMware as my hypervisor of choice, even though I've been trying to learn a few others just as a contingency plan. Once you have that set up, create templates. Um, there are easy ways to say, okay, I've, I've got my evaluation copy that I downloaded from Microsoft of uh, Windows Server, and then I've got my Windows 10 uh, machine, and then find a place where you can store your CD images, your ISOs. So store the ISOs, build a couple of templates. And then what's great about templates is I can right click and just say, deploy from template. And within seconds, I've got a fresh new VM that I can break to my heart's content, knowing that I can just delete it right away, or if things work out well, snapshot it and then use it for reference later. Um, but that's really the, kind of the fundamentals of my home security lab or any real security lab is loading up a hypervisor, find a place to stash your ISOs and all of your other bootable media, and then find a place to, to uh, keep your template. So create a couple of templates. It's going to save you a ton of time instead of having to install Windows over and over and over again. Wow, um, yeah template and then you can uh, spin off of those really quick what you do with it from there uh, is really you can get into a lot of different stuff um, i actually have a, a a breaking point device it's an ixia device mm. it's traffic simulation so mm -hmm. if, if i stand up a firewall or some sort of ips or malware detection i can run through this uh, this tool that allows me to generate uh, either like benign traffic that mimics things like an enterprise environment or i could uh, play through different scenarios like hey i want to look like what malicious traffic looks like and then i could have different ways to play with that data as it's flowing through and um uh, but that's more like kind of once you build out those fundamental things then you can start playing with other things including like traffic simulation that's amazing all right well uh paul georgie thank you very much for uh for the uh the, the cyber work hack here um where can our listeners and viewers uh find out more about you and your company xm cyber yeah, so xmcyber.com, their website. Mm -hmm. uh, we're involved in pretty much all of the major shows. So if you're walking around RSA or Black Hat or whatever the conferences you're at, you're probably going to be able to find some sort of presence with us there. Um, but we do have, uh, we're, we're a global organization and really focused on uh, teaching organizations what attack path management is and uh, mm -hmm. helping them learn how to prioritize and address uh, risks and uh, remediate them appropriately. Awesome. Thank, uh, Paul Georgie, thank you again for your time and insights today. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and thank you all for watching this episode of Cyberwork Hacks. This is the start of an ongoing series of videos that we're getting uh, going in 2023, and we're going to have lots more to come, so make sure to subscribe and check back. Until then, we'll see you soon. Take care. Hey, if you're worried about choosing the right cybersecurity career, click here to see the 12 most in-demand cybersecurity roles. I ask experts working in the field how to get hired and how to do the work of these security roles so you can choose your study with confidence. I'll see you there.
How about some free cybersecurity training resources for you and your team? Just go to infosecinstitute.com slash free to get ebooks, training guides, and more than 100 cybersecurity training courses, all free for cyber work listeners. Go to infosecinstitute.com slash free and start learning crucial new skills today.